In this episode, I mimic a successful YouTube channel's formula. Pachow! This is the Veteran Wargamer. This is the Veteran Wargamer. In this episode, episode 35, I speak with Adam Loper about the Game 4 app, tabletop minions, and more. In case you didn't already know, the Veteran Wargamer is brought to you by the fine folks at Audible. It's the premier app and service for audiobooks and audio entertainment. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the great courses. It's a series of college-level lectures presented by leaders in their respective academic fields. This episode, I'm recommending Living History, Experiencing Great Events of the Ancient and Medieval Worlds, narrated by Professor Robert Garland. The folks at Audible will give you this lecture series or any of the other series in the Great Courses catalog absolutely free just for trying Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com slash tvwg to start your trial. You can cancel at any time and the series is yours to keep. To start your free Audible trial, go to audibletrial.com slash tvwg. That's audibletrial.com slash tvwg. And I'm pleased to welcome to the Veteran Wargamer, Adam Loper. How are you? Good. Doing good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, now, you host a series, or a channel on YouTube, I should say, called Tabletop Minions. Mm -hmm. And before we get rolling, real briefly, uh, for folks who might not for folks who might not be aware already, what what is kind of your... How do I want to put this? What's... What's Tabletop Minions all about? Sure. Well, Tabletop Minions is about tabletop wargaming. And um, it, basically, I started it almost five years ago. And it was, frankly, kind of an excuse for me to learn more about video production. So I, uh, yeah, I, I basically wanted to, I figured if I'm going to make videos, I need to make videos about something that I care about. So I decided to make videos about wargaming. So I started out just kind of making relatively random videos to some degree about wargaming and I also kind of put them up relatively randomly as well for the first about two and a half years. There'd be two weeks in between and three weeks in between, five weeks in between. And then about um, about two and a half years ago I decided to start putting up the videos every Friday and I haven't missed one since. And I've also started doing a live show every other Sunday which is strangely enough called the Every Other Sunday Show. And um, I'm kind of expanding a little bit more even this year. so. Um, when I decided to start making it a little bit more serious and start putting out the videos every, you know, like I said, every Friday, I also changed the, the, the mission a little bit of the channel. The channel became a little bit more about um, getting new people into wargaming. You know, I mean, as, as veteran uh, wargamers ourselves, we kind of think, you know, really in our own heads and about our own, you know, people that we've been playing against and all that stuff but the the hobby does need new players and new blood basically to be able to survive long term so I wanted to be able to make videos and explain to people that it's not as daunting as it seems because war games you know like I mean you know like video games you come home with the video game you put it in your PlayStation or whatever and you start playing and with our stuff right. you know you got to come home and then you got to clip the parts off and you got to glue them all together and then you got to sand them and do a little bit of filing and get rid of some mold lines and then eventually prime it and you know and but I want to explain to people that it's not as bad as all that and um and and kind of you know hopefully give people some motivation to uh to keep painting if they've already started and if they're thinking about starting I like to kind of tell them hey this is this is how you want to do it and this is how you want to get started oh excellent before we go any further uh, I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask everybody else who's ever been on the show and that is what makes you a veteran war gamer uh, I think just because I'm old um, you know I mean I'm <laughs> I'm in my mid 40s and I've been doing it um, I, f I played my first war game I think it was in middle school, like sixth grade. I played uh, BattleTech, and back then we were playing. Ah. We weren't even using miniatures; we were just using the little cardboard standees that came in the starter box. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so yeah. Um, you know, filling out, filling in all those little circles, you know, and tracking your damage and your heat and all that kind of stuff. Um, I started that relatively young, um, and then I kind of took a break through high school. But then in college, I got into back into B BattleTech again this time with miniatures 
um, and then you know games like Car Wars and uh, and and then started getting into um, Space Hulk and an old school uh, space combat game called Silent Death, which was made by Iron Crown Enterprises. Mm. Um, started mm-hmm. doing playing that a lot and uh, even eventually started running uh, games at Gen Con for. Um, we, we were like demo team for the company for a while and we ran games at Gen Con when it was still in Milwaukee. Um, I've been going to Gen Con since 1992. Um, I've you know mm. missed some times here and there. Uh, I think in the last, since 1992, I think I've missed it maybe less than five times. Um, but I don't wow. think I'm going this year. That's pretty much the plan. So, um, yeah. So I've been doing it for a long time. I guess that's what makes me a veteran. Okay. Getting back to the Tabletop Minions YouTube channel briefly, mm-hmm. Um, what do you think your favorite aspect of producing the videos is? Well, I'm... And, and by that I mean... And by that I mean either the the actual production of the video or maybe once you release it out in the wild, you know? What... As far as the production, I'm a... I mean, I went to college for photography, um, and so... And I worked at a camera shop all during college as well, so I've always been kind of a camera nerd, so part of the reason that I also wanted to learn, um, you know, uh, video production and stuff like that was just because I'm interested in gadgets and photography and filmmaking and stuff like that. So I enjoy trying to make the, um, the production values about as high as I can. There's kind of a, you know, diminishing returns, uh, at some point, you know, especially when we're talking about YouTube, I see, you know, big mm-hmm. channels that have got millions of, of subscribers uh, not within wargaming, but just with other stuff, and they spend a lot of money right. on really super high-end cameras. And I'm thinking that a lot of the people are basically just, you know, watching <laughs> the, those those super high-end 4K and 8K videos, you know, on their phone while they're on the toilet. So yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily, you know, push that hard, but I do want it to sound really good. I want it to to look pretty good. Uh, I want the lighting to be decent things like that so I, I that's part of what i enjoy about the actual production is the the gadgets and all that kind of stuff once it's out there um i really enjoy just building community i, I think that it's mm-hmm. important amongst our people to kind of and by our people i mean wargamers to to really you know get the whole uh, you know get basically just understand that it's that we can't be gatekeepers and we need to let you know people in and we need to right uh, show people who are struggling or who are new that it's that it's it's not as hard as they think, you know that kind of stuff. So right, definitely, and I I agree one hundred percent. And it it bothers me when I hear stories about people getting any kind of flack for pursuing this hobby from people that are in the hobby, and it floors me because you know if if someone is interested to take the time and learn about a miniatures game or a board game or a role-playing game, then we should be, you know, we should be stewards of the hobby, for lack of a better term, and helping that person along. There were, you know... Oh, absolutely. You, you know, horror stories abound about just that happening. You know, someone saying, hey, I've, I, I've got a question about this, and you only know, get yelled at and called a noob or RTFM or, or any other number of hateful mm-hmm. or just downright disrespectful responses from just a simple query and yeah no i agree and and i like the i like your approach to building a community and you've got a the uh tabletop minions painting club on yeah the paint showcase club on facebook yeah i I think that's great you know and there are people who have absolutely no idea where to go and how to get started and they're throwing up hey this is the very first miniature i ever painted what do you think Mm-hmm. And I love that about that group, and it's nothing but, but good supportive vibes. And that's I gotta hand it to you for starting that because there's plenty of places where people can go and see all sorts of great jaw dropping, crystal brush and golden demon winners, but very few people just kind of show their, you know, their opening stuff. And you know, it's just great that you've got that place where people can go and get encouragement and say, hey, you know, maybe tweak this a little bit maybe try a little bit harder there or push this a little bit further and and get that encouragement that they need to continue going yeah i i agree i think it it, it worked out i mean pretty well um i i try to foster the the group to hopefully you know 
like I don't want a bunch of people putting Kickstarter stuff in there, you know, saying, oh, you know, check out my Kickstarter and that kind of stuff or check out my right. um, commission painting. I, you know, and I don't also want people to call each other names or any of those other things to happen in most of the general internet. So I, I do try to um, keep an eye on that stuff and kind of steer it. But it's it's really been um, not nearly as bad as sometimes mm-hmm. the rest of the general internet can be. Yeah, it's a really yeah. uh, it's a good community. There's a lot of uh, support and constructive criticism when people ask for it and stuff like that. And I think it's I mean I. I I think it's really helpful. I mean, for people to be able to post to post and, and be able to see stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the one of the hallmarks of videos are whenever you post up a call out link on the video, you point up in the corner and say "Pachow." Where, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where did "Pachow" come from? I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. Honestly, it's just as something I did, and then it sort of stuck. I, I do that. I, I I have a lot of things like that, like the whole nickname Uncle Adam. Um, they mm. always say that you can't make your own nickname, and I think that that's not completely true because I I did I decided I wanted to make these kind of shorter videos, this series of shorter videos called um, like like pro tips, and I wanted it to be right. kind of facetious. You know, because they're, you know, I'm not a pro, you know, but uh, so I wanted uh-huh. to have like some other sort of name, just like Adam's Pro Tips or Adam Smasher's Pro Tips. I'm like, meh. And, and like I said before, I used to be, a, or I, I, I played Car Wars a lot in college. And there was this uh, fictional guy in Car Wars known mm-hmm. as Uncle Albert. And that's where yep. you like bought most of your, uh, you know, like upgrades for your car from Uncle Albert's, you know, uh, Weapons Emporium and stuff like that. So the name Uncle Adam just popped into my head when I was kind of designing the the like the graphic, like the opening graphic and stuff. And then I had a friend of mine who's a old school radio guy with a really really old school radio voice. I wanted him to do like a really fast kind of disclaimer thing that I wrote up for him, uh, you know, about Uncle Adam's not actually a, uh, you know an uncle and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it just sort of stuck. So that's the way that that happened. And Pachow is just me pointing up there, just wanting to make a like a sound effect, and that's kind of what came out and it's resonated to some degree so i you know i appreciate that now one thing that another aspect of your videos i like is you you've got some really in-depth painting tutorials courtesy of multiple crystal brush winner sam lens yeah and those of and i i reached out to sam about a year ago i'd been working on some scave and reached out to him and uh he provided some some helpful feedback and um, I just got asked, is Sam just kind of in your local area or did you meet somewhere else or hang out at the same shop? What happened there? Yeah, no, he's a, he, he and I live about, I don't know, maybe 25 minutes drive away from each other. Actually, he lives in the town mm-hmm. that I work in. So when I drive to work, I'm not too far away from him. Um, it Actually, we met years ago uh, here in my hometown where um, I lived above a tattoo parlor and... Um, and I went downstairs to get a tattoo. Uh, I've got a couple, and so I was down there, and I knew the owner, and uh, she was doing my work, and I was sitting there, and I there was another you know tattoo guy there in his station, and I just happened to look and see the stuff you know while she's working on me, and I just happened to see the stuff in his station, and I was like, is that a is that a golden demon? And uh, and, and it was Sam, and he's like, oh yeah, no, I just mm-hmm. won that, and it was um this was probably oh man, it was before I was married, so this was like in the early two thousands, and um. Well, I think, well, yeah, I think somewhere, well, maybe mid-2000s. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, we started talking about miniatures and stuff. Like, he had his, like, paint, like, tackle box there because, like, in between, you know, tattoo jobs, he would sit and work on things and whatnot. And it was, like, just, I think, like I said, it was one of his first Golden Demons. And um, so we just stayed in touch and and hung out, and I kind of, um, I actually uh, started pointing some guys towards him to get some commission work done. And so, you know, that kind of helped him out in his early commission uh, days. And, um, yeah, we, we just decided years back about, well, maybe we could, you know, he could do some videos on the channel and, and work it that way. We kind of took a break for a while just because after my old little studio and I moved back into the basement for a while, the it just did mm-hmm. not, it was not conducive to being able to do too many tutorials, whether it was him down there or even if it was me. Um, but then we did those tutorials back in December where we I basically just dragged a big portion of my video stuff to his place and we shot there. Um, I think the next ones we're going to be doing will actually be doing in my new studio. So I'll be 
I'm moving into a studio uh, downtown that's really reasonably priced and is not huge but is not tiny like my old studio and so I'm looking forward to uh, moving in there and being able to do some more stuff with him so it'll probably happen I don't know March is gonna be pretty busy with I'm going to the uh, Game Manufacturers Association trade show, and then right after that, I'm going to Adepticon. So it might be after Adepticon mm-hmm. when we film the next ones. You started up an app called Game Four, mm-hmm. and and primarily that is for finding opponents or partners or playmates. Or however, well, not Playboy playmates. But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> probably not anyway. But folks to play games with. Um, what? What brought that about? I, I know typically I remember back in the, you know, when I was going around game stores in the 90s and early 2000s, the best you could do is to put a note card up on a bulletin board and say, hey, I'm looking for people to play, you know, RuneQuest or mm-hmm. Blood Bowl League forming or what have you. I guess I guess what I'm saying is what what has changed that's, that's necessitated the the game for it. Well, I mean, I think that the technology is there to be able to, I mean, that, honestly, that, um, that, that three by five card on the cork board at the game store, that's one of our, our, basically one of our models for one of the, the three pillars of the website. Um, so I'll, I'll back up just a little bit. So the website, or sorry, not the website, the, the app. Um, so it, the, I started working for this small company back in July of 2016 and we make, apps for companies like they pay us to make apps for you know insurance companies or manufacturing companies or all kinds of different things so companies come to us and we do client work for them and uh, and it's fun you know and well it's not fun it's it's fine you know it's 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 better than digging ditches and uh and it's um it pays the bills but and we're a small company we're about six people we're all tabletop gamers as well so um mm-hmm. you know, a couple of guys are more into rpgs me and another guy are more into war games we got board gamer um we're all kind of lapsed ccg people you know collectible card games magic and such so um right. anyway uh before they hired me actually they the two partners well the, the three partners at the time had uh come up with this idea for this app and they wanted to have an app to connect tabletop gamers because facebook is not particularly great at it as it turns out um, and it's getting worse. Um, but so they hired me partially because um, they knew I was local and because they had seen the YouTube channel and they knew that I had a background in making videos and marketing and all that kind of stuff. And I knew people in the industry and things like that. So I ended up working for them. And um, shortly after I got hired there, we started like doing programming and design and, and wireframes and market research and a lot of different stuff and have been doing it since late 2016. So all throughout 2017, we worked on the app and we had planned on launching it a good deal sooner, but we also had a lot of regular paying business that you know got in the way. It's a good problem to have, don't get me wrong, right. but um, right. you know we were pretty busy. So um, yeah, so we launched the app very quietly just before Christmas. Um, so it's, been, it's not even been out two months yet. And uh, it was one of those deals where we wanted to have a very soft launch, kind of kick the tires and see how things were going. Um, it's been going well. We're up over, we're almost to 1,800 um, people signed up. And we, like I said, we really haven't um, marketed it at all yet. We've been, you know, I've mentioned it on my channel a couple of times. We're about to kind of turn on the taps as far as marketing is concerned. So we're going to be, you're going to be hearing a lot of it probably mm-hmm. about a bit more. But um, the, right. the whole concept behind the app basically is that and there are, there have been other apps out there that have been trying to do this, but we feel that they've all done it the wrong way. Generally, the other apps that have been out there in the past have been a situation of like, here's a bunch of other gamers who live near you. Why don't you make some friends with them? Which, as gamers, we don't do as much. You know, we're a little bit more, many of us are a little bit more introverted. So when you go to a gaming convention... Mm-hmm. It's not just a big room with people standing around trying to figure out what they're going to play. There's a schedule, and there's like this game is at this table at this time, and so the games, the events, bring us together. And then you know you go to this right. table at three o'clock, and they're playing you know Star Trek Settlers of Catan, and that's you know that's what you want to play, and everybody else at the table wants to play it, and you start making you know jokes about set phasers for sheep and all that kind of stuff and 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 you 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 find people and you meet people that way but if you just say here's a bunch of people who are gamers mm-hmm. why don't you make some friends it doesn't work so the first pillar of the app is the game event uh pillar so 
people can mm-hmm. post events at stores. Currently, we've got it so that you can only really have events at stores because it's a public place, and we want to make sure that we're not, um, you know, like in a situation where people are trying to invite people over to their house and, and you know, kind of things like that. So we're keeping right. it, at least at this early point, we're keeping it pretty stable that way. So, um, you know, if you wanted to have game night at your local shop, you could put in an event and say, hey, I'm doing that. And, um, you know, people could see it and then they could say that they're coming and then they would come to the event. Um, stores can also post their events. Um, stores need to be verified by us to do that, but it's free and it's really basically just a phone call. Um, if a store wants to contact mm-hmm. us, they can just go to the website, which is imgame4.com, and there's an email link at the bottom, or they can email, email I think it's stores at imgame4.com, but pretty much any of those all I will see. And um, it allows the stores basically just to reach out to us and say, hey, I want to get verified, and then we just usually figure out what their phone number is from Google or Facebook or something like that and call them so we know we're calling the right number and everything, and we get, you know, a quick little you're you're the person who emailed yep okay cool and then um again like i said then we can hook them up for free and then they can put in their own events into the app and when a store puts an event into the app there's in the store or in the listing of the uh, events there's an extra little line at the bottom that says event hosted by in the name of the store so it kind of stands out more from just a general person doing it so that's kind of a benefit for the store as well yeah great uh the second pill the second pillar is the looking for players and the looking for players is basically that three by five card on the cork board that I was mentioning earlier. It's pretty right. much, it's not an event. It's anything like that. It's just like a little, almost like a, I don't it's not a personal ad. That makes it sound wrong, but it's basically just a little thing saying, Hey, yeah. I like to play this game and this game and this game. And I work second shift. So, you know, I can only do it at these times or I, you know, can really only do it on weekends or, you know, Thursday nights are good for me or whatever. And then, people read that and then they can send a message directly through the app and say yeah you know i also work second shift and would love to play such and such and then you know you kind of go from there um and then the third pillar really is the store finder we've currently got a database of 5800 stores uh worldwide mm-hmm. and um we're adding more stores all the time people reach out to us and say hey my store is not in there or my local whatever is not in there and we're trying to get people verified stores verified so that they can you know update their own um, listings and like I said you know put in events and all that kind of stuff so those, that's basically a not particularly short uh, rundown of what the app is. I was wondering how do stores get entered because I was I downloaded it earlier this mm-hmm. week to my phone and was playing around with it a little bit and uh, absolutely no surprise to me there's no one around me <laughs> yep. that's on it yet but you know that's that's what I get for living in the basically the backwoods of West mm-hmm. Central Illinois how are stores entered into the database? We basically did, did a... Because I, I see that you've got pretty much every store in the immediate area yeah, that I can think we of. We did a ton of research, and we went out to a lot of different websites and basically just captured as much data as we could from a bunch of different, um, you know, just a bunch of different sources. And then, um, like, our, uh-huh. our two senior uh, developers are very good at being able to get data like that from different sources and then be able to put it all into one big database and then get rid of all of the, you know, the duplicates and the, you know, things that are almost duplicates. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a lot of kind of scrubbing and polishing of the data and and getting it to the point where we had it. But we still, like I said, every, every week since we've launched, you know, at least two or three times, somebody reaches out and is like, Hey, you know, this store's not in there. Can you add it? So if they email us or whatever, and if the store's not in there, we can just add it. And then if we can contact the store at some point, um, then, or if the store wants to contact us directly, we can work in getting them verified, and then they can start putting in events and using the app, you know, directly. Putting they can put their hours then into the store listing, you know, for the store profile page. They mm-hmm. can put in their uh, profile image and a picture and a description of what kind of things they sell at the store and things like that. So any stores that are, or if you know somebody at a store, or or if you know you've got a favorite store, talk to your your local store owner. Say, hey, have you heard about this app? Um, you can contact them and it's all free. Um, we can kind of put your information into the database and uh, give you access to it. So you have, it's just kind of like Google a little bit. Google's got like all these, these business listings, but you have to contact Google so you can get access right. to editing your own business listing. We just don't do it. Like Google sends a mm-hmm. postcard and it takes forever and whatnot. We usually just try to make a phone call. You're probably more geared towards the United States at, at this time, correct? It's, 
Now I know that you said you've got a couple of different international stores. Oh yeah, also. no, it's we're actually worldwide. Um, we were originally planning on launching it okay. only in the United States, and then sort of changed our mind at the last minute. And then our original, our very first original version launch. Um, if you tried to type in a, a postal code or zip code, you could only put in numbers, which does not work for most of the rest of the world. So the very first release of it was right. problematic for anyone who didn't live in the United States, but um, we fixed it like within a week. So um, yeah, since then it's been no problem. You can search worldwide and see stores in every different country. And um, it's actually really surprising. We were actually, a couple nights ago, we were just messing around looking at um, how many stores there are in Brazil, like within a thousand miles of like, you know, the center of Brazil and just seeing all the different stores and everything that are right. in the database. So, yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I do have an international mm -hmm. listenership. Uh, about 40% of my listeners are U.S. About 41-ish percent is the U.K. And then the rest is everywhere else. So definitely, definitely a, a useful tool for for those folks who might be, you know, out there. Oh yeah, no, we've been <laughs> we've been seeing a actually a lot of traffic from Germany, Poland, and the UK, um, and also Brazil. Strangely, which is why mm -hmm. we were looking at the Brazil store listings. Um, as far as stores that are uh, currently verified, we've got a bunch, uh, several verified in the UK and Scotland, and at least a couple in Poland. I know we've got a couple in Canada now. Um, uh, one of the first stores that got verified that you know wasn't a store like directly like that we can just you know drive over to uh, was a big store down in Atlanta called Gigabytes Cafe. Uh, I've, evidently, it's a nine thousand mm -hmm. square foot store just outside of Atlanta, and they wow. reached out to us pretty much first week when we opened it up and said they wanted to be you know verified. So we hooked them up. It takes literally three minutes, I think. Um, and then uh, they were able to go in and start putting in events and stuff. And, um, you know, it's it, the app, because it's so new, you know, we have people, the, the, the one response that we're getting from people that's, that's, if anything, slightly negative is just like, well, there's just not a lot of events near me or there's not, you know, that kind of thing, which is to be expected when it first launches. So we're, um, we're trying to right. obviously spread it around and we know it's going to take some time. We're going to, um, we're, we're patient and we'll, we'll keep pushing it, um, but we're going to the Game Manufacturers Association trade show in Reno, Nevada uh, next month, and we're going to have a booth mm. there. And that trade show, all the booths are basically game manufacturers and people who serve or do service in some way for stores. And then the people walking to and fro in the aisles are not gamers like you and me. They're all store owners, something about some, somewhere around 750 store right. owners uh, have already signed up, you know, to go and walk around at, at, uh, at, uh, uh, the Gamma trade show. So we're going to have a booth there. We'll be talking to store owners. We'll be signing up and verifying store owners if they want to, like right away, um, right there at the show. And um, we're going to help, you know, spread the word. We're bringing, um, you know, uh, little posters so people can, basically what we've been doing around here in my area, which is the uh, kind of central Wisconsin, east central Wisconsin area. We've been going to the local stores and bringing them some posters so that um, the posters say like, you know, our store events are listed on game four and things like that. So we'll be mailing those out to store owners and right. things um, real soon that have already signed up for and verified so that they can have that information. Now you had mentioned posting events. Does that require a, a store manager or store owner to, to put those up or can anybody with, with an account uh, post an event. So anybody with an account can post an event, but they can only, like I said, currently be posted at stores. So if you wanted to right. have, um, if you wanted to, like just recently, like last weekend, uh, me and a friend were going to be at our local store and play Shadespire. So we just put an event in the thing saying that we were doing a Shadespire demonstration. So we had some people who showed up uh, locally who were like, I saw the thing on game four and they wanted to learn how to play. So we were kind of showing them as we were doing, you know, playing the game. So, um, right. you know, people can do that. If you're like going to have a board game night, you know, at the local shop, mm -hmm. you can do that too. Um, the shops themselves can also post stuff. And like I said, they will look different in the listing than, than a normal person okay. doing it. So it'll have an extra line that says, you know, event hosted by, and then the name of the store. But yeah, um, our, basically our plans going forward, and, and people have asked us about this a bunch, and they're like, well, you know, we don't play at, this, at a local store. We play at a local pub, or we play at a local library, or a, a cafe, or things like that. And, um, 
and a lot of times it's clubs or groups that that, that are in that situation. So the next mm-hmm. big feature that we're launching before we go to Gamma in uh, three or four weeks or whatever it is, uh, about three weeks, um, before we go to Gamma, we're launching another new feature because we've been updating the app pretty much constantly since we launched it. The new feature is going to be groups and clubs. So people will be able to okay. sign up a, uh, a group or a club and then have people who, who can join it. And then um, groups and clubs would still currently have to post their events at stores but um when we do that groups and clubs we're also going to start um i believe we're going to start a subscription service as well so currently like i said that everything in the app is free and it will always be free um but we're going to be adding two different layers of advertising so there'll be like a just like a normal kind of google fed kind of you know uh, yeah. down at the bottom of the screen there'll be a little you know maybe it's for candy crush maybe it's for geico or whatever those little ads down there at the bottom we'll be putting those in and then um sometime after that we're going to be adding ads which we're calling partner ads and they will be in between the game listings and things like that and they will be actually ads that we will be selling predominantly to manufacturers so it'll be ads for you know, Fantasy Flight or some sort of Kickstarter or maybe, mm-hmm. and also potentially also local stores because right. we'll be able to make it so that a local store will be able to say, I only want to show this ad to within 50 miles of my store. You know, there's no there's no benefit if you're in California to show your ads in New York if you're a store because no one's traveling across the country to go to your store. Whereas if you're a manufacturer, right. that's a different story. So those are two different ways that we're going to, you know, get some, some uh Revenue because we you know need to keep the lights on and pay for servers and that kind of stuff, and then right. um, there's going to be three different subscription models. So um, users will be able to subscribe to help support the app, but it will also give them benefits. One of the benefits for users is that if you're a subscriber, you'll be able to then post events that aren't at a store. So you could post an event at a cafe or you know or a library or wherever that kind of stuff. So that kind of gets you. That's how that works. Um, there's also other features as well. One of the features that will that will happen is when a when a, a user becomes a a subscriber, then those you know Candy Crush or Geico or whatever ads will disappear. The other ads, the the, the partner ads, where it's actually showing you stuff from manufacturers, those will stay because they're actually directed towards kind of what you're interested in. But the uh, the other ones will will disappear. So that would be another benefit. Again, it's it's something. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like an add-on. You get a benefit. It's not like a, well, you can only do this sort of thing, you know, if you're a, you can't post anything if you, unless you're a subscriber. We do, we're not doing it that way. We want people to be able right. to use the app for free. Um, stores will also be able to be subscribers, and then they will get a bunch of other added benefits. Um, they'll be able to put in repeating events that go for longer than the current limit that we have set, so that instead of having to every two months update their Friday night magic listing or something like that. They can make it go longer for like six months. Um, they'll also have access mm. to analytics. So they'll be able to find out um, uh, private, not private information, uh, public information basically about users in their area. So they'll be able to say, tell me how many game four users within a hundred miles of my store. And then they'll get a number, you know, they won't get anybody's names or anything mm-hmm. like that, but they'll get information. They'll know, Oh, well actually RPGs seem to be a lot more popular in this area than I thought, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So we're working on those things for stores. And then, um, the last thing is for groups and clubs, uh, groups and clubs will start out, I believe currently with a minimum or uh, sorry, a maximum number of, of members, I think of 10, if it's a free thing, and you'll have to still post events that'll be actually at game stores because it's a public space. If you become a right. subscriber group or club, then you can have, well, I mean, I guess an infinite number of, of uh, members and you'll get some other benefits and you'll be able to post your events that don't have to be at a store. So a lot of okay. what we're doing is trying to drive people to stores, obviously, as well. Um, and that's why we're, we're trying to get online you know, with store owners because we're, we're trying to make it we believe in stores Absolutely. we believe in i know a lot of i know a lot of people don't um in different kind of genres i know that sometimes you know there's sometimes people that like for board gaming they're like yeah but i can i can get these board games so much cheaper on amazon you know and i don't need to play at a store you know you and i as war gamers we play at stores more frequently because that's where you meet somebody and it may, you need the space and the terrain and all that kind of stuff uh collectible card games a lot of that is also happening in stores. There's a lot of store events for that kind of stuff. Sometimes RPGs and, and board games a little bit less so. But we, we believe in stores, and that's why we want to make sure that uh, we've got them in mind. We did a, I 
beginning of last year, I did an interview. I interviewed probably 15 different store owners around here and tried to find out, like, explain to them what we were going to be doing with the app and tried to find out what they thought about it and what kind of wants and needs and things like that that they had uh, for that kind of thing. So we wanted to do a lot of research in that kind of situation. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% behind going to the, you know, to the friendly local gaming store, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. For me, the nearest one is... I want to say it's about 25 okay. miles, but it's, you know, it's, it's all card game stuff, which sure. is fine. I, I had heard through the grapevine that maybe the, the folks there were going to start carrying some 40 K stuff, which would be great. Cause Hey, you know, like I don't play 40 K myself. My son has gotten, has developed an interest in orcs. Okay. So I'm currently, yeah. I'm currently working on painting, painting his orcs for him. And, uh, in all honesty, he's actually more interested in squigs and <laughs> orcs are just pretty much along for the ride. Well, sure, yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, if they can get that off the ground, I, I sent them a message via Facebook and said, hey, you know, if you if you do start carrying 40K stuff, I, I want to order a box of boys. Mm-hmm. Bam, that's that's what I want. So, And I haven't heard back from them, from okay. them unfortunately. But, yeah. Uh, well, most, I mean, most gaming stores generally have got distributors that can get that kind of stuff. You know, like yeah. with Games Workshop, it's... You can get uh, an account directly with Gameworks Workshop and, and go around the distributor, um, but it takes a bit more work, and you usually have to buy a certain amount of stuff and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. But I know a lot of shops that, that that don't necessarily carry that stuff will always be able to order it, you know. So right. if they've got any kind of distributor set up, I bet they can probably order it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, you know, you sent them a message on Facebook, and that's what we're finding more and more is that Facebook is becoming a problem. A lot of people, you know, when we first tell them what we're planning on doing, a lot of them are like, yeah, but I, I, you know, what, what, what makes it any different than Facebook? Well, so Tabletop Minions has got about, I don't know, something like 6,800 likes on Facebook. But on any given time when I post anything, I'm lucky. It used to be I was lucky if I got 2,000 uh, people to actually see yeah. it. Now it's closer to 1,000. Um, they've right. recently again changed the algorithm, and they even told us. I mean, they, they many of you who use um, you know uh, Facebook recently got a message in your Facebook feed that says, "Hey, guess what? We're going to be showing you more you know friends and family and less from businesses and groups." And that's kind of great unless you're a business or a group. So as store owners, um, you know, the fact is is that we don't have an algorithm. So when a store posts an event, if a person looks at game four and they've got it within their you know radius that they've set in the filter and if they've not and if they as long as they have the the um what do you call it the 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 genre the category set so like if it's a ccg event and you don't like to play collectible card games and you've you know filtered them out well then you won't see the event but if you're if it's within your radius and you have the filter set for that type of thing we guarantee you'll see the event you know, so we don't we don't throttle, we don't filter any of that kind of stuff, and you're seeing more and more of it. I'm talking to more and more stores who are like, just I'm just not seeing a lot of a lot of traction from uh, you know Facebook, and we're also seeing it's more and more difficult for people to try to like. Let's say you like to play Bolt Action, you can just type Bolt Action into into Facebook, and you might find a Bolt Action group in California. You might find the Bolt Action you know homepage. You might there's all kinds of different things, but it's very difficult to say I want to find it in just my region or I want to find you know that kind of stuff right. there's so many weird little silos you you talk to people maybe at the shop who play and they're like well aren't you in part of this group we're all in part of that group well there's no way to find those groups sometimes or it's very difficult through Facebook so in this situation we wanted to I mean the whole concept of the mobile phone is that it generally knows where you are you can either use location services some people don't like to use location services and that's fine you can then just punch in a, a zip code or a postal code and then it will show you all the stuff in that region. It's also really helpful for traveling. If you're going on a, vac- a vacation or if you're going to, let's say, Beverly Hills for business, well, then you can punch in 90210. That's the only zip code that I know besides yeah. my own. And um, <laughs> and you can punch that in, and then you can find, uh, you know, the, the, all the, at the very least all the stores nearby. So you can be like, oh, that's really interesting. I can go check out this store. But you also might find some events or whatever, depending on how long you're going to be there. Um, that's really helpful, I think, for for just as a as a feature for the app we've we've talked to a lot of people who are really just actually the most 
excited about the the store finder in general because it's mm-hmm. i mean it took us a lot of different sources and a lot of different work to come up with the list and just the fact that it's in kind of one place is a big deal for some people so we're you know glad to do it yeah we're pretty far removed from the days of yahoo groups at this point right uh, those used to be a pretty pretty centralized way of finding people and some of the smaller games uh, aren't as fractured or splintered, for lack of a better term, on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, as some of the bigger games are. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're still, I mean, you're still searching for tailored events that you might want to attend. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely think that Game Four is, or yeah, Game Four is hitting the, I don't want to say market, but it's hitting the the scene at the right time, especially with the way Facebook is going. And yeah. So, I'm not sure, you know, and it's not like Twitter's the right place to do it either. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's, again, pretty difficult to me. There's a lot of people that communicate via Twitter. I do as well. I mean, I get a lot of uh, tweets from, from viewers and things like that, and I search a lot of different keywords and, and whatnot. But it's, like, if you're just trying to find people, you know, within 50 miles of where you currently live who play Bolt Action, I don't know that Twitter's the way to go. You know what I mean? So, um, right. yeah, it's it's... It's very difficult, and and not only that, but we also get people who tell us about how like I, I was at a little convention, a little historical convention, um, in Appleton, Wisconsin. I don't know, maybe a month ago, a little convention called TundraCon, and I was looking at a bunch of the boards and stuff like that, and, and watching some games. Uh, I just wanted to kind of check it out because it was a, a pretty close drive for me. Um, and there were two guys that were standing around watching a, a bolt action game, and one guy was saying to the other guy. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even be on Facebook anymore if it wasn't for gaming. Like, I don't really like, want to be on there. It's just that's where my gaming groups are and whatever. And I sort of right. sidled over, and I'm like, I, d- I don't mean to, you know, to, to eavesdrop, but... And then I told him about Game 4 and uh, showed him the app and everything like that. And one of them, uh, he downloaded it while I was talking to him. And, uh, you know, so he's like, yeah, this is, this could be really... I would really like to use something like this. Because there's a lot of people who are just kind of, I mean, you know just don't want to deal with all the stuff that you can sometimes see on Facebook. They just want to get in, see some local gaming events, talk to some people real quick or something like that, set something up and then go on with their day. Right. And that's kind of harder with, with something like Facebook. Absolutely. Now we've talked about events at stores Mm -hmm. and the future of clubs. Uh, what about conventions? What about convention support for, uh, on game? Yeah. We've had some people ask us about that and we're trying to figure out exactly how to, how to broach that that would be a future um you know thing for us um there i mean there's a there's there's a there's a couple services aiming themselves towards conventions currently so it's not necessarily particularly in the mobile space but it's definitely in the web space we we're still thinking a little bit about if we want to try to figure out a way to implement that whether it's just a you know here's a local convention and here's a link to their website kind of a thing within our app so we can show them that or do we want to have something that's completely turnkey where they can put you know all the different events that they have in the convention into the app and then you can find them there um yeah we're, we're thinking about it it's it's something that that um that we think about it's something i think about because i run a small convention now so um you know right. there's that too but um we're not 100 percent sure yet i mean we have a background uh, we've we have actually built not for gaming conventions. We actually have built a convention app before, more for a tech convention. And so, you know, you've got, it's mostly seminars, which are basically kind of like game events. You know, it's the same type of deal. So right. we've got the background. We know how to do it because we've already been, we've already done it. Um, I think we've done three iterations, two or three iterations of it. And um, so, yeah, we, we know how to do it. I mean, I'm right now the only designer on staff everybody else there is a developer and so um we've got some smart people we design like game four is designed natively so that means that it's designed in each of the languages just you know it's designed for the ios people and the android version is designed for android people so it if you put the two phones next to each other both running i um Game Four, they will look a little different because the app, the you know the Apple version will look like an Apple app, and the uh, Android version will look like an Android app. So, but you can still see that the branding right. and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we've we've got the background in it, and I we we are thinking about conventions. We just haven't quite gotten there yet as far as what we want to go, you know, which direction we want to attack it from. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm glad you mentioned the Tabletop Minions Expo because mm-hmm. 
I did want to talk about that. Last year was the first one, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, yes, it was. Okay, and how did that go? Uh, pretty good. I I have in the past run, actually I ran a small general tabletop convention here in town for uh, 11 years. So it was, you know, board gamers and role players and some war gamers and some CCG people. And that was a, a small convention. Uh, I think at its biggest, it hit maybe 250 attendees over two days. Maybe it was maybe 260. Um, and this, and then I stopped doing it in 2012 because I wanted to start the YouTube channel and I wanted to focus on the YouTube channel. And then after about four years of the YouTube channel, I decided that I wanted to have a convention kind of basically just for the channel, um, which, you know, my wife thought was kind of funny. But um, uh, so, I, yeah, I started it last year. I think we had um, about 65 attendees. Uh, it it was mm-hmm. kind of last minute. Like, I had the date planned and everything was fine. And then sort of at the last minute, I, well, like about a month and a half out, we discovered that the venue hadn't heard from me in a while. And they weren't sure that, they, that I was still coming. So they had double booked the place that we thought we were going to be in. And there was problems back and forth. Uh-huh. It's the same place that I used to use with my old convention, and I was just used to the way it was back when I used to run that convention. But the woman who was my main contact there had retired in between, you know, the time when I stopped doing those and the time when I started mm. up. So the new person that I was dealing with, we were not on the same page. So we're on the same page now. Um, uh, so, so okay. the, the problem was last year was that I really couldn't advertise it and tell people about it until about a month and a half beforehand because I wasn't sure it was going to actually happen. Um, this time right. we're we're way ahead of the board, the the um, the ball on that one. Actually, right now I just updated the website. So if you go to tabletopminions.org/tmx, um, the information mm-hmm. for this year's convention and the sign up form if you want to run some events and and all the all the information is pretty much on that website. And um, the dates are June 9th and tenth. Uh, 2018 here in uh, beautiful Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So uh, yeah, it's 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 in the University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh. It's a the Grunhagen Conference Center, and there's rooms upstairs, like dorm rooms upstairs, so you can come travel and then stay in the dorm rooms, and they're like 40 bucks a night, and it's nice and cheap. So um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a fun time. It's not a tournament. It's not yeah. um, an event. It's not even necessarily, unless you're running something, it's probably not even an event that you're going to bring your army to. It's more likely that you're going to just come and play a bunch of demos and games that are like homebrew games and things like that. Last year, it was people, you know, giving demonstrations of games. So um, there was a guy who ran a big uh, Star Wars Lego game that he, I mean, he had he had, he had Lego nice. AT-ATs and he had, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, there was, this is not a test. There was somebody who ran that. Um, Dark Age, and you know, so you and and uh, a group from down near Racine, Wisconsin, came up and ran a whole bunch of World War II stuff um, from mostly stuff from Battlefront, uh, you know, like Flames of War. So they were doing Flames of War demos on a really amazing Point to Hawk uh, table that they had built themselves. Really, really amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then um, they were also running uh, demos of Tanks, the game, just the the game Tanks that they do uh, over at Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Um, a good friend of mine ran old school um, Silent Death the spaceship combat game and it was called Fly Till You Die and it's great for conventions because you can just join in at any time and just get a starter ship and fly around and then you you do some damage to other ships and then you get to fly off and get a better ship or you can just leave or whatever it's kind of a hop in hop out kind of game Um, that's the kind of stuff that we're trying to foster there we've got vendors last year we had three vendors the vendors that we have we, we want we only want vendors that are actually like creators we don't want to have we, again, we have nothing against stores, but there's lots of other conventions where you can just go in the stores just selling stuff that they're trying to get rid of. So we want vendors that are, you know, like if you make a small game. Our two vendors last year, well, there were three vendors last year. Two of the vendors were game design companies. Um, one was a company called Breaker Press down near Milwaukee, and they make a game called Broken Contract, which is a post-apocalyptic kind of miniatures board game sort of which is cool and um, so they came up and had a a table a booth and then um, a company called Gaddis Gaming from Detroit and they came they're running they're writing a game called Shattered Crown which is a alternate history World War One and they were giving demos of that and they were also selling they also sell a lot of um, World War Two metal figures and resin vehicles and things like that and they also make this great 
kind of foam tabletop thing. Uh, you know, living in the Detroit area, there's a lot of car manufacturing and stuff. So there's companies that do every little part of the car manufacturing process. So they work with this company that can laser cut foam. And so they laser cut these big foam like tabletops. So your table, like it's got the, like a drink holder on one side and a place for your dice and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's, it's really cool <laughs> stuff. So yeah, we, 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 we want small yeah. little companies to come and, uh, and kind of, you know, hawk their wares. Um, last year, we also had a, a Game 4 uh, table as well. Um, but it was just basically uh, like a computer that was just running a loop thing. And uh, people could sign up for the e-newsletter. That was pretty much about it. But um, we'll, do, we'll be doing that again, uh, believe, I believe, this year. So This is really something that's up my alley because I, I definitely wanted to come last year and uh, was, was looking and looking for the date and then of course being in the national guard they, oh, they sure. have to <laughs> they have to uh they have to schedule training uh-huh. whenever there's something i want to go to is going on <laughs> so i'll be at my two weeks uh not too far from there i'll be over okay. at camp ripley minnesota but not uh not close enough unfortunately that sounds like a whole lot of fun and i personally uh i've never been to a big con so I can't say that mm-hmm. I wouldn't like it necessarily, and and by big con, you know, I'm, of course I'm talking about like sure. Gen Con or PAX, or or, or even a medium sized mm-hmm. con like Adepticon. So, so TMX definitely sounds like it's it's up my alley. Uh, anyone who's listened to this show more than about four or five episodes has heard has heard me talk about recruits in the Kansas City area, and it's a little bit bigger oh, than sure, TMX. Yeah. It sounds like, but that's definitely within my definitely within my my comfort level there yeah now you said that you're going to be stepping back from gen con this year is that do you think it's just gotten too big for you or there uh honestly it is it it does it feels to me like it's too big i went last year so i had skipped the year previous um uh i guess again like i said it's uh, gen con is great and if you play more than just war games if you play war games but also rpgs or war games but also ccgs or board games it behooves you to try to get there it's like a it's like a, a pilgrimage you know if you can try to get there at least once but that being said like i pretty much just play war games i'm not super into other games that much so it's war games is of the four genres the least represented at um at gen con gen con is 60,000 or 61,000 people um since right. 2010, from 2010 to 2015, their attendance doubled. 2010, there were 30,000 people there. 2015, there were 60,000 people there. It's grown really quickly. And, um, well, I mean, it's it's it, last year was its 50th year. So it basically grew very slowly for a long, long time and then all of a sudden took off. You know, like I said, 2000, right. 2010 to 2015, that kind of growth is crazy. Um the, so it, it's just it's quite expensive it's it's you know, it's very uh difficult to get housing like if you, if you want to you know stay two town two towns away it's not so bad if you want to stay out by the airport it's not so bad but if you're trying to get something downtown so you can just park your car once when you get there on wednesday and then not move it until it's time to leave on sunday and just walk back and forth to the convention it's they make it very difficult now it's there's this weird lottery that you have to get into and it's just a pain so yeah um like we may we may as a company hopefully go next year but even as a company like the booth space is incredibly expensive as well i mean like everything about it is quite expensive and uh it's it's amazing it's super cool i mean last year i probably talked to you know and said hi to to viewers um and like you know people would stop and get selfies and things like that over the five days, I bet you probably 150 times, you know. And like I said, that's not really a wargaming convention, but it is. There's so many people, and it is. It's it's very cool. But that being said, right. um, this year at least we're kind of as a as an organization, at least Game Four, we're spending our our money more on um, Gamma, and then um, we're looking at a couple different conventions in the later part of the year, potentially PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia. We're thinking about that one as well. So. Um, you know, but a lot of the, the conventions, you kind of like for a lot of this year's conventions, we were pretty much already too late. You got to buy the booth space like the year before. So um, but which right. is fine. We don't want to, you know, completely go crazy the first year. We want to again, we have the patience and we want to build it slowly and, and, and make it go. Yeah, I, I, 
I'm gonna try, emphasis on try, on get to Adepticon, even if it's just for, like, Saturday. Yeah. Um, Schaumburg's about, eh, it's about a four, four and a half hour drive Oh, for wow, me. okay. So, uh, stay, staying there might not be, overnight might not be in the cards, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. I've got a, there's, there's another event that's actually uh, a real cool small event that's being held on March 3rd down at Fort Leonard Wood at the museum there and it's being run as a benefit for mm-hmm. the museum so I'm definitely wanting to try to take that one take that one in yeah. as well but you must be in a pretty f- southern end kind of of uh, Illinois I would assume then well um it's actually I consider it to be central Illinois uh, okay. Springfield's pretty much smack dab in the middle okay and I'm an hour and a half west of Springfield okay so, gotcha okay yeah, so it's, it's more of that yeah, because it's about only a, it's less than a three-hour drive for me to get to um, Schaumburg, and I'm in the middle mm-hmm. of Was- roughly the middle of Wisconsin, a little bit more eastern yeah. middle. So yeah, but that's that's well, uh, Illinois and uh, Indiana both are very long states, so uh, there's that yeah. too, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, if you if you if you can honestly, and anyone listening as well, Adepticon is just if you're a war gamer, Adepticon's the best. Adepticon is between five and six, no, sorry, four and five thousand people. Um, it's a four-day event, Monday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it, there is a big tournament. There's like a bunch of big tournaments, but there's also seminars. There's also a vendor area that's quite large. There's just all kinds of stuff, demos you can get into. Um, there's just it's it's something to check out if you're into wargaming. It's in my opinion the best convention in the country. So um, yeah, it's definitely I, I can't wait. I always love it. I'm going to be very yeah. busy there this year. I've got a bunch of meetings and stuff planned, um, and and a lot of other stuff. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, just make sure they bring donuts. I, I remember seeing something when I was still, you know, working in a corporate environment that said it's not a meeting unless someone brings donuts. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be. I don't know if we'll have any donut meetings. I, it's it will. It might be. Uh, it might be cocktail meetings. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, deep dish pizza, maybe being in being in the Chicago area. That's true. That's you true. Hope. Yeah. Well, alrighty. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot lot on your plate for the next well forever actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah very possibly yeah yeah it's i like to stay busy i guess you know i don't really watch a lot of television or uh, or stuff like that and so um it's if i'm not building or painting then i'm generally working on the channel and and mm-hmm. uh i mean right now i'm like after we put out the call for i after i put out the call for looking for um uh interviews we've got a lot of interviews actually scheduled this week so um, hopefully we'll be, you know, getting more news out to people about Game 4 and, uh, you know, getting more people to, to get on board. Like I said, right now the thing is, is we want people to be able to reach out to their local stores and say, hey, take a look at this, you know, understand, you know, kind of the idea and the concept. And then hopefully they'll reach out. The stores will reach out to us. We'll sign them up, uh, at, you know, as verified stores for free. And then um, they can start putting in mm-hmm. events. Sounds great. Real quick, mm-hmm. I got to ask. If you had, if you, you know, assuming that money or time was, was no object, what would be, what would be one dream project, one dream gaming project for you? Hmm. So money and time would not be a, because time is almost always some sort of a, you know, of an issue. But if, if time is not an issue, um, I, I get think that probably I would love to be able to have a, I'd love to be able to have a nice big kind of Imperium uh, list. You know, I'd like to have some Space Marines. I'd love to have some Adeptus Mechanicus. I'd like to have some nice, um, you know, Imperial Guard, a lot of tanks, Lehman Russes and stuff like that. Like a good maybe 5,000 point list all painted up about as, about as good as I can. And then I would probably mm-hmm. from there move into Conflict 47 and probably have oh, okay. at least two good size armies that I could then play with people who don't have armies and, and, and you know, that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you need the tables, you know, to, and all that kind yeah. of stuff to, to go there. So, yeah, I would say it's something like that, most likely. Outstanding. Yeah, I, I would definitely love to do exactly what you're talking about, but with Rogue Trader era oh. figures. Yeah, old school. Because... Yeah, that's that's my jam. I I first got uh, first got Warhammer Rogue Tra- Warhammer Forty Thousand Rogue Trader in well, it was Christmas of '88 when oh, I wow. got it. Okay, and it's it's always had a special place in my heart, and I'm going out there and picking up a few figures here and a few figures there whenever whenever they uh, aren't terribly expensive, which is 
not <laughs> oh, <laughs> not sure. often enough. No, I know what you mean. I, I was I was glad to be able to pick up the reprint of the original Rogue Trader book. They had that at uh, I saw it at Adepticon last year, but uh, Forge World selling it. And uh, it's just really fun to just kind of go through and read and just check yeah, out yeah. and just see how different things are now than, first, than the way they oh, were. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, had an opportunity to play the Battle at the Farm scenario with uh, another old hammer enthusiast back in September. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually had a had an event at a, at a local store in Springfield, and I had T-shirts made up, so it was officially an event. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> well, you know it's an event if there's T-shirts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I'd like to do another. I'd like to do another event like that this this year. So we'll. Now's about the time I need to start planning for that. Yeah. But. And when you do the event, so. you should put it on Game Four so people know. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that brings us uh, full circle. Adam, thank you again for coming on the show. I appreciate it greatly. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And if uh, if I can make it to Adepticon, I'll be looking for you. And but I understand you're a busy, busy guy. Well, I'm hoping so. to do uh, uh, actually a meetup probably on Saturday, but it's probably going to be kind of later Saturday night. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're we're trying to figure something out uh, probably for I like I said I think maybe Saturday. I had a little meetup at um, uh, Gen Con at a, a sandwich shop not too far away from uh, the main get Gen Con big convention center area and so I had about 25, uh-huh. 25 people show up and it was a lot of fun so I'm going to try to do Neat. that not but without the sandwich shop <laughs> at, uh, at Adapticon right. and as always folks if the wargaming you're having isn't any fun you make it fun that is all The Veteran Wargamer is copyright J. Arnold 2018 music courtesy of binsound.com